Hello and welcome once again to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and as always, I am pleased and I'm honored to be your host and your commentator for another of our commentary shows. One of the shows that we have up on air and online 24-7 here at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. When you go to that link, the aforesaid www.centerlefttalkradio.com, uh, you will, well, there are three things I want to draw your attention to. The first is a, a, a mechanism of verification. If you see the microphone... Well, you'll also see the words, you know, center-left radio and center-left talk radio. But the microphone that's at the top of the homepage is the picture of the one I'm talking into right now. You'll know you're there, but right below that, now that you've, now that you've verified, below that there are two links. The first one is to our podcast feed, our RSS feed as it's known, and the first show at, that, uh, at the top of the list when you go there is the one you're listening to right now. So you may very well have uh, gone there already and are listening to this show as a podcast. Or if, you, uh, if you're so disposed, you can or did, maybe you want to do it again, uh, go to the second link. That is our radio loop feed, and that gives you the analog feel, that, that, that old-fashioned, that good-time feeling of being in the car, being home, or going to the refrigerator at 6.12 and turning on the radio, looking for rambling with gambling or whatever it was that you listened to back then, and picking up that show at whatever point in the middle of the show it was at. You, yeah, I mean, it was rare, I imagine. I mean, there, there might have been mornings when you got up super early and caught the very beginning of the show. But the odds are you kind of picked it up a little bit later on. Well, that's the sensation. That's, that's the recollection. That's the idea behind a radio loop link to this show. Pick it up wherever you like, except with one very important difference. If you get into the show, and we're, we trust you will... Uh, at the end of the show, it immediately repeats. Why? Because it's playing in a loop. Yes, that's the use of the word loop. Um, the reason for the use of the word loop. And it will begin uh, within three or four seconds of the end of the show so you could catch whatever it was in the beginning you hadn't heard and which you'll want to hear because you really got interested. Either way, obviously we're happy to have you uh, at Center Left Radio with us this morning on Friday, the 17th of February, 2023. Interesting. I mean, again, you know, there, there's, a, there's sort of a thematic uh, series of uh, ideas that are just sort of uh, bubbling and, 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 and chugging along in recent weeks, hard to avoid. Because in my mind, at least, it so underscores everything else about the country, everything else about our feelings and thoughts about ourselves. And they all involve bringing people to ju a sense of justice. Now, and now a, a very interesting thing happened yesterday. And I, and I have no doubt, by the way, I'll, I'll add parenthetically, that we'll probably hear more about this in the second half of today's show, it being Friday, 
we have the good fortune of having David Bach uh, with us in the second half of the show. So what I'm about to talk about briefly, I well, my point of view on it anyway, I'm sure David will have his and add some more to it uh, in the second half of the show when he joins us. But, but I dally here. Let, 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 what I'm talking about is the redacted, very partial release. And even what was partially released was heavy, heavily redacted. Of the, I think it's supposed to be, I don't know, a 75 or 100-page grand jury report that came from the Atlanta Fulton County Grand Jury, the one that was impaneled by local district attorney Fannie Willis. And, and uh there was a, apparently within, within Georgia, within the state of Georgia, it is not uncustomary to release the transcript of a grand jury uh, finding like this one. The difference here, however, is that this particular grand jury was tasked with... Uh, basically uh, wading through, calling people, developing information relative to the obviously, uh, the, 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 the brilliantly straightforward uh, attempt to uh, extort Brad Raffensperger, the then and now uh, Secretary of State of the state of Georgia, Republican uh, elected official, uh, to basically uh, Donald Trump calling him and basically trying to get him to change the results of the election, an election that Donald Trump clearly knew he had lost. And it, not just uh, Donald himself, but all the people around Donald. Then there was the, the, the attempts to create a fake alternate group of electors, all of that feeding into the January 6th insurrection, the efforts to basically stop the otherwise just pro forma count of the election results on January 6th, presided over by uh, then-Vice President Pence, and uh, attempt to basically throw the whole thing into chaos and give Donald uh, an opportunity to stay in power indefinitely uh, by some bizarre machination, by some weird process that no one had figured out up to that point, because Donald, of course, is just smarter than everybody and uh, would find a way to stay in power no matter what. Now, you know, and, and, and Eastman and, and, and the whole ilk and Giuliani and all these other characters, all these other weirdos basically being involved in this process. And, and I gather, and, 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 and on top of that, basically, Lindsey Graham, uh, all of these people who were involved in the Georgia plot, let's call it, to create an alternate set of electors to basically uh, push through uh, the win that Donald so desperately demanded in Georgia, what Lindsey Graham was doing, uh, pushing people in Georgia is a whole other story again. But, well, when you're that tied to the hip of Donald and so much madly in love with him and basically flip-flopping wherever, wherever the hell the wind takes you that particular day, as is uh, Lindsey's ilk, uh, well, you know, you could, you could find yourself in any situation. But... Having said that, 
the results of that grand jury investigation, uh, under Georgia laws and rules, would be normally released. This is how things are done. But given the sensitivity of this, given the possibility that Fannie Willis, hard-nosed district attorney, hard-nosed prosecutor, really seemed to be on a track to be the first in the, be the first in your country to indict the former president, be the first in history of the United States to, invoy, to indict a former president. Given all that is implicit in that, uh, there was a request and a, a judge signed off on the release of only a very small portion, we didn't know how small it was going to be until yesterday, a very small portion of the grand jury testimony. And it was, it was interesting what was chosen to be released. The information that came out, clearly Fannie Willis you know, signed off on this with the judge. And it simply said in so many words that the grand jury believed, the grand jury that listened to all this, this these people who were empowered for, impaneled for like six or seven months or more, in, in, in their finding, they believed that there were people who had appeared before them and spoken before them, mandatorily had to speak before them. They didn't take the Fifth Amendment. They spoke. And they believed that they had been lied to by a number, more than one. They had been lied to by those people. That, in essence is the sum total or the sig most significant element of the information released. I know people were expecting, hey, you know, Donald's name to be smeared all over it. Well, it wasn't. In fact, in fact, exactly the opposite, the polar opposite. Donald's name didn't appear at all. In fact, by inference... Uh, since Donald did not appear before the grand jury, he went out of his way not to be there. Clearly, he could not be one of the people who the grand jury is now saying, we believe they lied to us. Given the opportunity to speak, Donald will invariably lie. He has historically shown that his propensity and to to as he as he offers narrative narrative to him is nothing more than a vehicle to achieve a preconceived end and the factual veracity or the legal obligation to tell the truth is a of secondary concern that's one way in which he tends to speak, certainly in media-related situations. In legal-related situations, he's always been rather, rather crafty, I would have to say, in knowing where to insert a sort of subjunctive clause that suggests he is not totally committed to the lie that it appears he is otherwise uh, putting out there for whatever particular purpose. And, 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 that, and that was on display with the telephone call that, um, that, he, that he made to Brad Raffensperger, the one that he subsequently described as the world's most perfect, it was a perfect call. What, who, who describes a telephone call they've made as a perfect 
call. It sounds as though he's grading it based on some particular purpose it was supposed to serve. And it's, it's, it's pretty straightforward and pretty easy to figure that out. Now, I, I'm looking for, here, here, here is the basis of that perfection. The, the thing that people focus on, besides the fact that he threatened Raffensperger and his family with a lot of difficulty, it could be very bad for you if he didn't go ahead and find, I'm looking for, here's how it said, I'm looking for 11,780 votes. That, that's just one more than we already had because you know we won the state, Donald adds parenthetically. That, that apparently is the, is the source, is, the, is, is his basis for declaring the perfection of the call. God, when he listened to himself later on, listen to me. I, I obviously said that I believed I'd won and that all I wanted was what I already had and just find one more vote. And, and, and in Donald's mind, in, in, the, in the heat of that moment, or in the, I, I would have to say, in the, in the fog, in the, in the self-delusional fog of the moment, that he was actually living up to his standard ability to dodge and weave and, and shoot people on Fifth Avenue and not be accused. In his mind... He imagined, but by constructing that sentence that way, you know, just one more than we already have, you know, because, because we won, that that somehow was going to relieve him or, or, or make it impossible for any grand jury ever or, or any district attorney ever to go ahead and indict him for, uh, for basically attempting to influence the results of the election, for being part and parcel of the group that was involved in putting together the fake electors and everything else that went with it. But there was, there was one thing he, he failed to take into account. At the time that he made that statement, it was conceded by virtually everyone around him, by the media and everybody else, that he'd lost. So that essentially he was constructing, very, very transparently constructing, a sentence that he felt was literally a get-out-of-jail-free card. And literally everyone who I know on all sides who's ever listened to that conversation could hear it. It was, it, was, it was damned obvious what he was attempting to do. Of course, he, he messed it up. <clears throat> even if he'd gotten, even if you want to give him the benefit of the doubt saying, oh, you got away with that, Donald, we, we could not tell that you were basically contriving that entire, anyone listening to this knew that it was a contrived statement. And in the context, in the larger context of the phone call, with all the pressuring and all the threatening, and in the larger context than that, knowing that he already had prior knowledge that he had lost, it was a meaningless, well, not meaningless, it was basically an, an, an exercise in, in strong-arming, in basically threatening, in basically bullying, in basically uh, mafia-donning 
uh, Brad Raffensperger into doing something that he knew would be illegal and that Trump knew as well. Basically, Trump is attempting to play the role of the stupidest person on earth, the only person in America who didn't at least have reasonable doubts about the fact that he had, in fact, lost the election, and certainly lost Georgia. Everything that had been set up to that point, all the information, all of the recounting, all of the... Uh, all of the uh, silliness about, well, there was a mother and daughter there that were passing uh, files back and forth. It wound up being breath mints or something to that effect. Uh, and, and, and there were these suitcases of, 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 of lies and, and all of it made up, all of it BS. Any reasonable person would have at least stopped to think about it. No, no, none of that in Donald's mind is going to overrule or override the fact that I actually said, I believe I won, except that anyone in their right mind listening to that statement, including the grand jury, basically understood that it wasn't true. You see, there, there were a few other things that were in this redacted statement that came out from the grand jury. And Fannie Willis was extremely uh, picky and very thoughtful about how she did it. One of the statements that was released was that there was unanimous agreement by the grand jury that there was nothing, nothing at the time or since, that constituted a basis for claiming that there had been fraud in the election. It was absolutely a squeaky clean absolute election. Nothing there gave any reason for anyone to believe then or now that there was any element of fraud. And least of all, the person in America with access to more information than any one of us about any subject which he might wish to explore. Now, there, there's always the possibility that uh, Donald, uh, and, and this is, again, I, I, I have to get into the mindset of the guy, but I'm, I'm well, in order to believe, in order to state with, with actual some element of belief that I won that election. To say that to Brad Raffensperger, you have to do one of two things. You have to be either lying, bold-faced lie, which is the more likely thing with Donald, or, and again, I'm drawing conclusions here, I'm, this is commentary, okay. Or, or, you have such a willful disregard for the truth of the matter that you consciously or unconsciously, by dint of how you are, by how you do things, you avoid knowledge. You keep your, you, you push it away from you. You don't want to see what everybody else on the planet sees. But you see, under the law, you can't use that as a basis for saying, therefore, I correctly and appropriately and legally am allowed to say that I did not believe I'd lost, that I believed I'd won by avoiding knowledge. The President of the United States has more of it than anyone else on the planet.
So, so the again, the redacted uh, stuff from the Fulton County grand jury says none of us, none of none of us grand jurors, unanimously, unanimously, we agree that there ain't no way in hell that anything was done or anything that was a part of this election in any way, shape, or form produced a sufficiently large enough quantum of fraud to in any way change the obvious and clear outcome that Donald lost and that Joe Biden won. It's, there's just, there just ain't nothing there. And we know how, how much this stuck in the craw of Donald. But you see, so his, his perfect phone call was anything but. In fact, it, it, just listening, anyone, anyone listening to this phone call, here's the pressure, here's, here's the contrivance, here's everything. There's, you'd, have to be, you'd have to be so blatantly, uh, blindly pro-Donald to basically ignore exactly what it's, you could see he's doing. Now, you, you, you now add on top of that what was the other stuff that's released there, namely that there is a belief among grand jurors that several of the witnesses lied. Why not go a step further come up with the names, say who they thought lied, and bring pressure that way. Why not say, also in this report, at this point, Donald's assertion that he had won is meritless and baseless and of no legally substantive value. It is not going to be appropriate, cannot be used as a defense. Of course, a defendant, that's all the defense is going to be able to say. The defense is going to have to be based on this statement, and they're going to pick it apart like crazy. The prosecution is going to destroy it. But, but having said that, why not say that now in this redacted statement? Very simple. You want the people who lied, and of course they know who they are, to start thinking about it, to really, really start thinking about the fact that they lied. And you want between now and the time that you bring the indictments against logically them and Donald, you want people to start contacting your office and say, you know, I'd like to revise my, I, re I remember something now that I might need to say. Because if you lied to the grand jury, lying to the grand jury, basically as a rule, carries very hefty penalties. Very simple reason for that. In those grand jury situations where you are speaking under oath. You are not in a court environment. You are not, you're, you're honest, you're, you're, um, you are not being judged. There, there is no verdict being brought down by a grand jury against you. So the, the, the theory and the practice is that you can therefore be compelled to be absolutely honest because you are at least insofar as that institution goes, you are shielded from 
the results of your testimony. You, you may also, I mean, in, in many instances, you may set up a, uh, you, you may set up a, a deal in advance so that you are shielded, in fact, that, that, that you are basically protected from any culpability for what you're going to say. I don't know if any of that happened. All that we know is that people who otherwise should have been expected to tell the truth in fact, <clears throat> the grand jury, members of the grand jury suspect that they lied. And they obviously know who they are. Now, if you could get those people to change their mind and change their tale, then what you do with the grand jury testimony, the revised testimony, is you lock that in for trial against Donald. Clearly, whatever they'd be saying would be stuff that would be against Donald's, well, possibly their own, but against Donald's best interest. Now, it, it may be stuff that later on at some future date, uh, if it was an attorney, if it was Rudy, if it was Eastman, if it was any one of a number of people who were around in the orbit, if it was Mark Meadows, who I don't know, did, Mark, did Meadows testify before the Fulton County D? Uh, I, I don't think he did. I'm not sure that he did. But any one of the people who did, at some point down the road, you, you know, unless there was immunity for, for their testimony they might find that testimony uh, as the basis for action being brought against them. But it would be later. They would be able to defend against it. Here, you would have the immediate, immediate problem of having lied to the grand jury, and an action would be brought for your lying to the grand jury, and that would have criminal penalties, which could put you behind bars for a number of years. This happens, and that would happen, believe me, in these circumstances, so that there is, an, there is definitely a motivation for the people who know they were lying to step forward and change their testimony. Now, whether that's going to happen or not, who knows? But, but here's what Donald does yesterday on his so-called very, very poorly named Truth Social Network. Uh, the bullshit. On and on. Oh, in any event. Thank you, he says, to the grand jurors in the great state of Georgia and the Kelton, Fulton County. Thank you for your great work on behalf of our nation, finding me totally exonerated. God bless America or something to that effect. A total and complete lie. You, you could not lie more thoroughly. You could not... You could not create or contrive a bigger falsehood than that statement. And, and, it, and it rings so, so strongly of the crap that was pulled by Bill Barr uh, after the release of the Mueller report. I, I, I see if you remember this. Um, the Mueller report, Bob Mueller's report, the second half of that report uh, spelled out and we've talked about this on the show, but, but, but the analogies are just perfect. And maybe Donald is remembering this and thinking that he could pull the same crap here. 
the Mueller report spelled out 10 what, what any other attorney would call counts. It, it spelled out 10 basic scenarios, all of which could ultimately be, with, with very little effort and just a few additional words, turned into indictable offenses. They could have been the basis for a criminal complaint against Donald and others. <clears throat> And there were complaints brought against, you know, the Manafort, the Manafort prosecution, the Flynn prosecution. A lot of that came from information and results that came out of the, the Mueller investigation. Uh, Donald, of course, you know, got rid, uh, uh, freed up uh, Manafort, uh, uh, took Flynn off the hook, took uh, Roger Stone off the hook for all this stuff. I mean, you know, basically he, he paid back his criminal enterprise friends. He showed what he was capable of doing and willing to do if you basically really, really took the heat for the capo de tutecapi. No, he wasn't the capo de tutecapi. He was, he, was he, was he was the godfather. You stand up for the godfather, the godfather looks after you. He's, again, using the presidency of the United States as an, as an acquired criminal asset. I can do things for you that no one else can do because I am omnipotent. I am the president. I am not the president of the United States. No, the presidency is my asset. Here's what I can do with it to those who basically are loyal to me or who I basically want the hell out because if they stay in court too long, if they stay in jail too long, chances are at some point they might decide to change their mind. So these are the guys with the most information who I really have to get the hell out of there now, however you want to, however you want to put that particular scenario together. And, and by saying yesterday, by making the, the totally ridiculous drawing the, a ridiculous conclusion, I've been exonerated. He brought to mind precisely what Bill Barr did for him. At the conclusion of the Mueller episode, uh, Mueller, for whatever reason, political undoubtedly, uh, he, was, he was just wiggling all over the place at the end. Uh, Mueller refused to basically add up the individual 10 counts, anyone, he, he refused to put it all together and simply say, oh, by the way, oh, yeah, 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 what I just did in each of these counts amounts to a criminal complaint, a criminal charge. No, no, he didn't do that. And since he didn't do it, Bill Barr, in a complete break with reality, uh, tradition, and lying as well, although lying in a way that I'm not sure how you prosecute him for it. It winds up, I guess, being a matter of opinion. That's what it would come down to. But a absolutely unsupportable, legally unsupportable opinion said, well, since no conclusion of criminality was drawn here, therefore, there is no criminality. And Donald's out there saying, I've been exonerated, I've been exonerated. He went, he went through essentially, yesterday's statement was just a perfect, not, maybe not word for word, but it was the whole, I'm out there, I'm free, I've been exonerated. I want you to start thinking of me as being exonerated. The same way 
that he basically responded and acted after the Mueller report came out. I want you, I want the public to think of me that way. Now, it's one thing when you're sitting in the presidency and a, uh, and a massive report with so much publicity and everything else behind it comes out and in fact fails to say specifically you're guilty of sin. It's quite another thing when a document that comes out from the Fulton County Grand Jury concerning the findings of the, the, uh, the special grand jury and is incredibly redacted and incredibly limited as to what it's saying and names are removed and you're not even mentioned, Donald, to take that and say, this is evidence that I have been exonerated is, is ridiculous, stupid, silly, and to me, a sign of weakness. There is only one audience that this is intended for, and that is the meat, the red meat eating, mindless faithful who will who have who basically by now require Kool-Aid regularly to just keep themselves going and will take anything the SOB puts out there. That's it. There ain't no one out there anywhere. No one basically is, is, is convinced that he, in fact, by the information that was released by the Fulton County uh, District Attorney, no one with half a brain, with any, rational, with any rational ability, believes that that was an exoneration, this, this highly redacted, partially released uh, bit of a document. It's Donald basically flapping about on the deck of the ship, trying with all his might to look as though he's in control. What can you expect next? There will be an indictment brought down. Now, the timing is going to be interesting. I imagine what Fannie Willis is, is, is doing is she's marking time here, and either these people who basically uh, he, everybody he knows, or you know, who, who she knows, uh, have lied to them. Either they come forward and change their testimony, and that can be done. I don't know that you have to re-impanel a grand jury, but I think you can simply come in and by some process change the content. You, you, you audit or augment or, or in somehow edit what was said already, and it becomes just as legally binding as though it was being said before the grand jury. You either do that, or you know damn well that we will be coming after you for what you know and we know are absolute bold-faced lies. I have enough to get him otherwise and get you otherwise. Now, do you want to make it easier on yourself now, or do you want both the perjury charge and then the subsequent charges for the crime itself to be sitting on you? Do you want to lose your bar license? Do you want to be disbarred now or later? Do you want to have that much extra time in jail added to your sentence for having lied to a grand jury? It's not an easy one. And, and knowing how bold-faced and how, 
and how arrogant the Eastmans and the Giuliani's and the Mark Meadows of, of, this, of this story have been, and, and of course, the kingpin, Donald himself. I'm not holding my breath assuming that, uh, that they're going to come and say, oh, 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 we're, we feel, please, please, we must redact or change our testimony. I'm not, I'm not counting on this. But they are now put on notice that basically they will be prosecuted. They will become themselves defendants, persons of interest, targets of the grand jury, based on the fact that they have, in fact, lied to that grand jury, and it is apparent and known, and their lies are substantive enough to be the stuff of charges, probably a, probably just as substantive, if not more so, than the charges that should have been brought as criminal counts by Bob Mueller. I, I don't know what you do when you're, a, when you're a Mark Meadows or you're a Rudy Giuliani or any of the others here. I don't know how you handle this. You're, 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 you're damned if you, you're, well, you're damned if you don't. If you, if you do, if you actually suddenly wake up and change your tune, if you turn witness against Donald, you might be able to do it with immunity from Georgia, you, this would be a state case where this would lead you in a federal situation. Would you be able to then go ahead and, and get immunity for testifying against Donald if and when, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, Merrick Garland ever gets his, 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 his uh, regal butt in gear and decides to finally uh, bring indictments against Donald for an entire panoply of things related to January 6th. Um, well, not that not this what's happening in Georgia is not related to it. Uh, but could you as a, a Giuliani or a uh, or an Eastman uh, move your state uh, immunity if assuming you could get it over to the federal side just to save your ass? Or would it not be worth it no matter what? I mean, I, I, I don't know how their minds would operate. You have to think of this as any other criminal enterprise. Typically, these people would, uh, you know, want to save their own asses at some point, not spend the rest of their lives in prison or be in prison and try to conduct uh, appeals, but you'll be conducting an appeal from prison. And all of this with the overarching reality that at some point, Donald will be indicted, and I, and I made this comment yesterday. I was having a conversation with uh, someone, and it, it's something that I never really quite thought of. It just came, it was very clear to me, that there is going to be a huge national, national 75% of the population, you'll be able to hear it. There will be this sigh of relief not, not of, oh my God, what happens now? There will be a sigh of relief that the tangible process of bringing this criminal to justice, this guy who has used the presidency as, as an acquired criminal asset, will finally have begun. And the likelihood at least being 50-50, probably a hell of a lot more because no one wants to be the first and go ahead and, and blow it. 
Fannie Willis would seem as though she may be the first. There's there's stuff going on within Merrick Garland's office. The stuff going on right now with uh, with the well with and then there's there's the there's the uh, activity going on in New York. Uh, basically, the the whole uh, Stormy Daniels thing is back on. There doesn't seem to be a race to see who will indict first. But whoever does indict first wants to make sure that they are absolutely have the most airtight case on earth, more airtight than they would have against any other possible defendant. But once that first indictment hits, there is going, this is a prediction, my thought, there is going to be a deluge of indictments coming at the same time. Oh, by the way, the trial, the rape trial that Trump uh, basically was trying to get out of, in, I think it was California, New York, that begins in April. So he has been indicted, or, or no, is it, a, oh, geez, is it civil or criminal right now? No, I don't think it's a, uh, he's been trying to, to basically stop the trial completely um, the trial, there will be a trial taking place. Now, I have to check this. Does, this. does this come with a criminal indictment? I don't know. A personal criminal indictment against Donald. But there will be a trial in April for an alleged rape uh, that he committed uh, a number of years ago. And it was the statute was told because in many jurisdictions, uh, rape now uh, has a perpetual, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the statute of limitations is basically suspended, told almost indefinitely. This is what has happened to the Catholic Church in many situations. By the way, the Archdiocese just announced that another dozen or so schools will not open next fall. Uh, Rockland County, uh, the, the diocese, uh, you know, the, um, not Rockland County, uh, the diocese of, uh, of Rock, um, uh, the, the next diocese to the east, Long Island, uh, has already declared bankruptcy. Rockville, I'm sorry, Rockville Center. And uh, the, the New York Archdiocese, um, I don't know, I, I keep getting the sense that, well, I don't, I don't want to go there right now, but that's another story entirely. Talk about criminality and talk about the uh, effects of uh, tolling the statute of limitations. So uh, this is, we are just barely on the edge of this story. All indications would seem to be that It'll either be Fannie Willis or, remarkably, it might be Alvin Bragg in New York, who was the first to drop the second shoe. Bragg especially because he was uh, ridiculed so hugely and, 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 and two of his lead prosecutors quit or, or they parted ways acrimoniously because he would not indict immediately based on information that they feel that they already put blah, 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 blah. It's all ahead of us. What I'm suggesting, though, is you will hear a sigh of relief in the country when someone finally drops the other shoe. Yes, there will be sources out there, and Donald will lead them to try to make sure that there is a shudder of fear that follows that sigh of relief. I'm not sure that it will overwhelm it, though. And I'm not sure just how strong a shudder it's going to be. People are preparing for it. Get ready. All around. It's, it's coming. And it's coming sooner than later. As, I might add, 
is David's presence on the show. Just, just in a few minutes right now. Um, right after a little jazz. This is Richard Gazer. You know, it takes lots of time and effort and all kinds of resources to produce the kind of quality program we produce here at Center Left Radio. And it costs money to do it. Now, if we screamed a little louder or thought a little less about what we were saying, we could probably get a few advertisers to pay us to sell their products to a more tribally predictable audience. But that's not who we are or who you are. 
You come to Center Left Radio for non-commercial, thoughtful commentary. You're looking for an honest, progressive approach to solving America's problems, not exacerbating them. And we're committed to providing all of that. We're one of the few stations offering full-time, non-commercial, progressive programming. And we're the only station, the only one, doing it with a combination of hope, politics, and that most eloquent of all original American art forms, jazz. Think of it this way. We support your needs. Now we're asking you to support ours. Take a moment and go to our website, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, and go to the donate page. And when you get there, give whatever you can. On a one-time or maybe a recurring basis, $5, $10, $1,000, whatever you can contribute to make Center Left Radio's unique progressive voice stronger and even more significant as the full extent of the wrongdoing of Donald Trump and his associates becomes all the more evident. And as we seek to hold the House Democrats accountable for the promises they made to the American people during the last election. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know, we all know, we can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Central F Radio, Thank you. You're listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz, and you're listening to us on the web at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. Need I say more? It's Friday. David, what's on your mind? Um, well, there's a couple things, and some of them I haven't had time to go through uh, since they came out, but uh, let's talk about them. And if you want to hear more, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Faces Ideas no. Um So there's there's a couple big things. There's four. There's uh, the Nikki Haley presidential announcement, which ah, uh, is about uh, all that needs to be said about that. There's Ohio. There's And then there's the two uh, court cases. There's the Dominion lawsuit letter that just dropped and the um the georgia case now the georgia case i haven't had time to go through yet um i don't think that there is anything really revealed yet is my understanding um other than some people might have lied which of course they do but let's be clear like if they can't charge him for election interference or something in the georgia case they can't charge him for anything it's the most cut and dry blatant case of like just flat out corruption. I, w- I would agree. I we spent the first half of the show talking about the Georgia, well, the, re- the let's call it the Georgia redacted grand jury document. Uh, it's but w- everything that was said by Fannie Willis uh, to me, to my legal ears, says she's on the she's on the cusp of an indictment, and she was simply going ahead and warning a bunch of people that were out there already. Hey, we know you've lied to us, so if you don't want to have yourself basically as a co-defendant and basically find yourself disbarred or in jail for lying to the grand jury, 
change your change your testimony now and you'll at least get away with this for now you may ultimately be pulled in by a federal grand jury but how much do you want to save your ass today with my lawsuit that's all fanny was saying donald's statement that you know i'm exonerated is, is the biggest crock of bullshit on the planet it means nothing it said nothing this is not this is not uh, you know bill barr uh misreading the Mueller report no so you're right, though. It, it said very little, except it was a warning to a bunch of people. Change your testimony now or find yourself indicted for lying to a grand jury. That's what it came down to. Right. And then we have the Dominion lawsuit, which is over 200 pages. But mostly it boils down to all the Fox hosts knew they were lying. Well, yeah, the Dominion, basically, that was a motion to dismiss. Uh, in other words, um, no, sorry, a motion for summary judgment, which means... This thing is so locked in. We've got so much perfect information. There's so much here that there's nothing even to go to trial about. It's all here. It's all in the records. The lies, the lies, the lies. I don't think that they're going to be able to get a judge to give them a summary judge. It'll probably go to trial. But their case is outrageously strong from what I've seen. Yeah, I mean, look. It's not like we've seen drip drip from this. We know that they know that they're lying. And I think should they, from this paper, the White House should make us some type of statement saying, look, Fox News, at least the 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 quote-unquote um, talent side, yeah. doesn't, isn't worthy of having the White House talk to it because they're essentially a propaganda outlet. That's a, They're essentially TMZ for politics. There's no reason to take what they say seriously because even the hosts know that they're lying to their audience. And anyone uh, anyone who says it differently is just tricking themselves at this point. They literally have it, their, their messages. They tried to fire one of their reporters over um, pointing out that they're lying. Yeah. They're essentially yeah. responsible for ginning up fury that led to January 6th, at least the violent half. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I, it's, I mean, this... Like, could you imagine the, the 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 insane things they would be saying if this was on the other foot? Like, they would be calling for like the disbandment of the of the uh, the the media apparatus that those other networks worked on. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, if 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 it were the other way around, it, it, well, it would be. It would be merciless. Democrats, we, whatever particular ilk within the Democratic Party, when we look back on this chapter in our history, we're going to realize that our tendency is to basically resort to the use of law and process and norms and uh, ethics. In pursuing things of this sort, we, we, we operate as though we believe the system will ultimately do the right thing. Republicans seem to have lost all faith in it. And as a result of that, don't feel bound by any of the restrictions that would come with lying your effing ass off. That's, that's going to be part of the history of this period. Yeah, and, and let's be clear, that's, that's only as long as they don't win. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because... The, the end goal, of what they were going for, is the end of democracy. That that is open and shut. It is not up and for question. By by blatantly lying about this, it was the the calculated risk of destroying democratic function in this country for views. Right. 
And you, you can rationalize it any way you want. You could say that it's because it was so bad and so wrong and the Democrats, the libs are so terrible. But in order to basically correct what they claim they're trying to correct, you have to destroy the system. It comes down to something we were saying, we've been saying for years on Center Left Radio. You cannot have Trump and America. It's an either or. It's a total zero-sum proposition. You either take Trump with everything that comes with him, namely all of the godfatherisms and everything else and the ability to destroy the country and destroy all norms and processes because all that counts is him, or you have America. Now, now take your choice. Yes, and speaking of Trump, let's go into Ohio. So, ah. This is an interesting case. Let's be clear about trade agreements. They happen all the time. Is yep. that a good thing? No. But it comes with a two-pronged factor. One, we don't invest in infrastructure. That's why the Biden half a trillion and a half or whatever the hell the infrastructure bill was, was the largest ever and does not cover anything that we cover enough because we spent uh, a century just not doing infrastructure work. Um, and two, and which this coincides with the reason that never happened, is any federal spending to help anybody's life in any way, shape, or form is socialism, yeah. unless it's giving tax cuts to the wealthy. Well, well th- th- that, that is an observation. David, thank you for that. And I wish it's an observation that more people would, would, would share with you. That's a very, very important observation. And the second part is capitalism. Uh, these these rail companies rolled out that they had these new brakes so that they could do longer trains with less people for efficiency, and then they never did the new brakes. And the, the Trump administration rolled back oversight on them, and then the Biden administration didn't fix it. Biden administration is also at fault because the workers tried striking for this, and they've been sounding alarm about this for years. And the Biden administration said, no, you're too valuable to the economy have to keep working and you can't get seven sick days or whatever they were like minor things are asking this is similar to the nurses strikes there are certain professions that are too important whether they're the functioning of the economy or you know life-saving where if they strike it fucks everything up yeah and the answer isn't oh you should not strike it's you should give these people whatever they ask for because clearly they're important to the system. You, 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 are, you are hitting so many, so many important notes here, uh, and especially with the railroad workers' situation. If something is that critical to the infrastructure, if either side, Republican or Democrat, is not dealing with it, it's up to people like you and me to say something about it and getting, getting it fixed. That's not tantamount to kicking the Democrats to the curb and suddenly embracing the Republicans. It's recognizing that the Republicans are utterly incapable of doing the right thing for all of these structural reasons that have, that have destroyed their party now. We, 
The Democrats of whatever particular stripe or ilk within the Democratic Party are the only source that are capable of basically doing the things that America is supposed to have done for it in terms of improving and evolving in a positive way. So we, 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 have, to, we have to keep cleaning, our own, uh, cleaning out our own shed, as it were, on a regular basis. But that's not tantamount to turning on ourselves. People have to understand understand that right the, this is the this is why the um the social security and the debt ceiling are so important fights for the democrats not because of you know the the idea that they're going to get rid of social security um i think biden is is learned from the uh the grand bargain obama wanted to make hopefully um but like the idea that one party is a check on the other when the other party just literally does not have a plan. Exactly. Exactly. We're we're now over a month since they decided to not pass the debt limit. Um, we still have no concrete plan about what they plan to cut. Well, they, they have. We, they, yeah, they have not. The Republicans have not said. Here is why we want to hold this up. Uh, they, they they're not even using it on a day by day basis to score political points because they have nothing. That's it. Well, because and this is the thing. Like him pointing it out and getting them to say this publicly has caused them to go into a spiral because they keep saying and Fox News keeps covering this, even though we already know they're lying. Yeah. But like Biden keeps repeating a debunked claim. How is it debunked when every time Rick Scott, Mike Pence, Mike Lee, uh, which is the one that keeps calling it a, a uh, Ron Johnson? Yeah. Um, they come on TV. They say, oh, we should sunset Social Security. We should replace it with a new deal. We should. Um, uh, it's a Ponzi scheme. The answer to, to solvency is to remove the cap totally. But they can't do that. Because that would hurt their donors. Sure. And it's funny because most of these states, especially Florida, are the states that are going to get hurt the most. Of course. With the, with the elderly population of Florida, my God. So it's, it's like – and then so there's – so then they get mad about the, um, the Ohio thing. And they, they, they blow it out of proportion. Um, so as, there's two things. My understanding is FEMA can't go in until Mike DeWine requests a state of emergency. Huh. Now, I've, that, that's, that's, that's how FEMA works. Like, unless he, he calls it FEMA kick-a-lick. Um, I also saw something that maybe FEMA was rejecting it, but the sources I saw that from aren't credible. So I don't think that's accurate. Uh, but yeah, if he's not asking for it, we can't do it. Look, they also don't have any plan for this. They're going to yell at Buttigieg. Like, any time, there's a very specific line that they use. Um, and that's how you know most of their stuff is just genuine. Um, they always talk about how Buttigieg got maternity leave. And then that's why he's not solving whatever the, the problem of the day is. Yeah. Um, or, or they refer to him as, as gay. Because that, that's their issue. They don't actually want him to solve any of these issues. They just want to point out that he's gay and that's scary. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the whole Republican modus operandi. Don't and it's like it's also. I mean, 
there's another analogy between that and the whole pharmaceutical industry. You don't cure anything. You sustain it for your own purposes with the, you know, with the pharmaceuticals because we keep making money with sick people. If there are well people, we don't, we don't make money. And with the Republicans, we can, we can make hay. We can basically point to ourselves and say, look how bad they are without actually solving anything or even offering a better idea. It's just the politics of grievance, and that's all they're, they're attempting to perpetuate. That's all this is about. Yeah, and then also this company should pay whatever cost it is to fix everything that's going on. They should have some type of fund set up for when people inevitably get cancer from this. Of course, yeah. That yeah. 10 years down the line. Yeah, um, yeah. I had some, oh, uh, yeah, let's talk about um, fighting Big Pharma because they, they always complain about Big Pharma. Uh, one of the companies, I don't remember if it was Moderna or Pfizer, uh, was going to raise their COVID prices by 400% because that's just how Big Pharma works. You know who stopped that? Who? Bernie Sanders. Huh. He said, listen, if you do this, we're going to call you in. We're going to call you in front of te- it's a co- uh, the Senate to testify. Huh. Didn't hear any of the uh, Republicans talking about that. If you hear them referring to this, it's mostly because they're trying to be anti-vax. You don't like, hear you don't hear about Bernie a whole lot these days. Uh, it's nice to hear Bernie's name connected to something like that. Well, yeah, it is because he's going to keep fighting, um, and he's going to keep pushing things in the right direction. Yeah, yeah, that's what he's all about. Do you think I I I I, I bring this up? I have not heard this any place. Uh, you know, the, the one person that was always mentioned as a really rationally viable alternative to Joe Biden was Bernie. Is there a possibility of Bernie being brought back onto the stage with all of this talk that we're hearing about, uh, you know, uh, which which focus group is concerned about Joe and all this other? Would Bernie would Bernie actually allow himself to be brought or is just something that that no, no, this is just uh I, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't think so. And the problem is I don't know who would take his mantle. Because, look, I know people love talking about Nia Turner. Nia Turner can't win. She couldn't win in fucking Ohio. And she tried, like, three times. Yeah. Um, he, I think it would be, like, Josh Shapiro, which would be very interesting to see Josh Shapiro run. Mostly because the Republicans are just going to straight up call him the just Just straight up. And they're just going to say he's Jewish, and therefore he's like a puppet or something. Because yeah, yeah. every every major Republican is tied into anti-Semitism, which is the only reason to talk about Nikki Haley very briefly. Um, her ad is completely incoherent. She has no policies to run on. She has no leg to stand on for anything. Um, she did start her uh, her campaign talking about uh, Pastor Haygreen, who has uh, been disavowed by John McCain when he was running Yep, because yeah. of his— uh, blatant anti-Semitic marks. Uh, so it's good to see that she's continuing the tradition of uh, Republican candidates. Um, with, 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 inco- with incoherent campaign messages. You're right. You're right. She's, she's try- she doesn't say Trump. She's trying to be like him, but differentiate herself from him simultaneously. And if you do the slightest bit of parsing of her words and her thoughts... 
They are an incoherent word word salad is all you come up with. She's got little phrases, catchy phrases about, you know, I kick back hard. You can kick harder in high heels or something ridiculous along those lines. It means nothing. She's basically declared her own obsolescence. I don't know. She's she's like a sacrificial lamb. Okay, at least one other person is in so far, and everybody will watch how she goes down vis a vis Trump. She doesn't stand a chance. No, she doesn't. She she's vying for VP, and the next next time she's in exactly. News is when thank Trump you calls for thank you for like, adding that point. That is, and and I'm hearing. I don't know. That Trump hasn't really beaten the hell out of her yet, perhaps for just that reason. And maybe there has been a deal struck that she would be the VP candidate. That could well be the case. Well, yeah, it did. I don't. I I, I don't care. Uh, I don't think he can win. I don't. She certainly can't win. No, uh, no, no. It's her. I mean, her her ad is so schizophrenic. Yeah. That like. Yeah. Yeah. She's talking about how, how racism doesn't exist, but then points to the fact that she was Sikh, so she was different from everyone else because she wasn't white or black. And then she ends it with talking about Dylan Roof without talking about what exactly Dylan Roof's reasoning was. Yeah. You know, the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, you, you, you make very good points, David. <laughs> Un- unfortunately, she doesn't. That's, that's, that's part of her problem. Well, yeah, she has nothing to run on. So it's, it's like talking about. Uh, I always get this name for it. Deval Patrick, who ran for the Democratic Party, and I think twelve people voted for him. Yeah, um, <laughs> she's slight. She's slightly more appealing than that. <laughs> oh my! And it, and it's all early, and we haven't seen the first Trump indictment come down. And our, I, I, I think there's going to be there, there's going to be a betting pool at some point. Who will be the first to drop the other shoe? My thought is, and I mentioned this in the earlier segment, that once the first indictment comes from whomever, and right now it looks like it'll either be it'll either be Fannie Willis in Fulton County, or it might even be Alvin Bragg in New York. That that's how it looks. I I, I see. It's probably going to be Fulton County. That's what I'm thinking right now myself. Because what, it's not going to be the special counsel because Mike Pence is now fighting whatever subpoena he got. In yeah. Court, and that's going to take another year. Yeah, 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 yeah. And 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 Fannie Willis has everything she wants, and all she's doing right now with what she put out the other day, is giving a heads up to a lot of the people who have testified that we know you're lying. Do you want to basically be included as defendants in the lawsuit, in the indictment that'll be coming down? Or do you at least want to, we'll give you a chance to come in and change your testimony quickly, but that would simply lock in their testimony against Donald. She's she's holding all the cards is what it sounds like. And it sounds to all the world like she's right on the verge of, uh, of, of, of coming with the indictment. I, I made a point earlier in the show, and I said, you know, the, the Republicans would have us believe that there's going to be this shudder going through the country. Oh, my God, now what will happen? I, I would suggest that at least 75% of the country, when the first Trump indictment comes down, you will hear this massive sigh of relief going through the population that at last some semblance of justice for the most blatant criminal in our history, perhaps, uh, is on the verge of, 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 of transpiring, of, of being worked through, however the end point works. And 
once that first indictment happens, the rest of them will come down like 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 Niagara Falls. You're going to see indictment on top of indictment, and this and, and there will be then there will be just one trial after the next that he's going to be living through, and he'll be prepping a bunch of them from uh, either with a uh, with a bracelet on his ankle from Mar-a-Lago or from prison. That's how it's going to work out. But I can't wait to see it uh, begin. And uh, I agree with you. It looks like Fannie Willis is going to have the first crack. Uh, who knows? We've been talking about this. We've been getting upset about why it hasn't happened. But it just feels like it's coming closer and closer. And I so appreciate the opportunity to be able to discuss it with you here on Fridays. Uh, David, where, where else can people find you if they want to hear more from you uh, when you're not on Center Left Radio? Uh, Twitter at Faces Ideas. Yeah. Great. Okay, I, I appreciate that, and I and I hope uh, all of you listening, listening to David, well worth your time. Obviously, uh, get a lot more of him that way. Um, thank you once again. It's been uh, it's been it's, it's it's been a very Friday day in this very non-winter that we're having here in the uh, in the Lower Hudson Valley. Another uh, fifty or sixty degree day today with uh, light rain. Wondering what happened to winter, but you know, uh, stranger, th it, it maybe it's the right season uh, for an indictment of a former president. Uh, nothing is as it once was, but things will somehow work themselves out. Uh, you have to believe in it. You don't want to believe in Trump. You have to believe in America. It's a nice and it's an easy choice, as is the um, offer I'm about to make to you: to sit back, relax and enjoy a little more jazz.
You've been listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. Donald, Donald the Mafia Boss is once again saying, I've been exonerated by the information that was released by Fannie Willis with the Fulton County uh, Special Grand Jury. No, he hasn't been. It's the same old game, the same old trick. There is about to be a series of indictments. They can't happen soon enough. There won't be fear in the country. Mostly, it'll be a sigh of relief.